What is happening, people? This is Chris Broussard, the host of In The Zone, and I'm glad you tuned in this week. We have a wonderful show for you. Our interview is with Steven Jackson, and you know Steve always keeps it real. That's one you definitely don't want to miss. We got Knocked Down Jay returning with my man Jason McIntyre. But as always, we start with the top five postseason player power rankings. A lot of shakeup this week. Guys that were in it last week, not in it this time. Guys that weren't in it are in it this time. And we start at number five, Draymond Green. That's right. Draymond is doing it all for the Warriors, leading the Warriors in blocks, steals, rebounds, assists, playing great defense at times on Anthony Davis, holding him over the first two games of their series with the Pelicans to 48% shooting and just 23 points a game. That is great defense on Anthony Davis. And above that, Draymond is giving them 17 and a half points a game over the last three games for Golden State. Draymond Green, number five. At number four, Kevin Durant. That's right, Draymond's teammate. Look, Durant is the one guy that Steve Kerr has been able to count on for big-time offensive production through these playoffs, giving them 28 points a game. Up this rebounding to nine boards a game. You know he's playing solid defense. And when Steph Curry was out, he did a nice job of orchestrating the offense. Five assists a game. Now that Steph is back, it's going to be that much easier for Durant to score and that much harder for his opponents to stop him. At number three, surprise, surprise, Al Horford, Boston Celtics. Look, I got to admit, I don't generally think of Al Horford as a star. I know he's made all-star games and all that. I tend to think of him as a professional, as a guy I'd love to have on my team, as a great veteran voice in the locker room and on the court. But with Kyrie Irving out, my man Al Horford has delivered. He has played great basketball. He is averaging 19 points a game, a team high, eight and a half rebounds, way above his season average, and he's doing it on 62% shooting, including 47% from behind the arc. Gotta give props to Big Al. At number two, James Harden. I had to start giving the beard some love because he has given us major production. He is exercising the demons of past playoff failures. First of all, he puts it on Jimmy Butler, one of the greatest defenders in the league in the first round. And now he is doing it to the Utah Jazz. In game one, he welcomed them to the second round. Let them know it's going to be a bit different than the Thunder in the first round. 41, 8, and 7. James Harden doing nothing to make me regret voting for him as MVP. And at number one, LeBron James. It's time we gave the king his props. Look, you know you're having a great postseason when you lock up the opponent's all-star point guard for the fourth quarter and overtime holding him to three points. When you get a 26-point triple-double, when you hit a game-tying shot near the end of regulation to force overtime and then go on to win, you know you're playing well when that is considered a bad game. That's how good LeBron James has been. This has been the greatest one-man show I have seen in decades. 
He is getting it done, leading all playoff scores with 33 points a game, 54% shooting. If LeBron gets just a little bit of help, a wee bit of help, if Kevin Love stops playing like Kevin Hart and starts playing like the perennial all-star he is, then the Cavs will win the East once again. Give LeBron some help. I'm going to give LeBron his props. He is number one right now in the postseason player power rankings. All right, we're here in the zone, and it's my pleasure to welcome my man, Steven Jackson. What's up, brother? Long overdue. (laughs) That's right, that's right. (laughs) You might be their favorite player's favorite player. You know, right. I think I think that's why I'm so loved. You know, I'm, I I wasn't an all-star, which I should have been. I wasn't a, a one of the stars in the game, but everywhere I played, I played the game the right way. I, I gave everything I had for it, you know, and that's why I got so many fans. And people love me for that. So, you know, I'm a real one, people know. And uh, a lot of stuff is fake these days, so people hold on to the real. Yeah, yeah, nah, I hear you. First, speaking of real, man, I'm, I'm looking at your championship ring. How often do you wear that? When I'm on TV a lot, but right. especially, you know, since I've been doing TV in the playoffs, I wear it more in the playoffs because okay. it's around championship time. And, uh, you know, this is something that I hold on to, man. A lot of guys played the game and was never the best in the world, you mm-hmm. know, and that's something I hold on to. Being drafted second to last pick, you know, this means a lot, it means a lot to me. I'm going to get to a lot of your career because I, I, I don't think people uh, understood how good you were as a, in the NBA and before that. So mm-hmm. I want to get to that a little later. But some of the news – this happened recently. Charles Barkley, you know, obviously what he said about Draymond, he wants to punch him. What do you think about that? Draymond replied, perfect. You're not going to do it, so why even say it? You know, um, I'm pretty sure Charles Barkley, you want to punch somebody, punch Shaq. That's the one that beat, beat you up and slams you on the floor. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Barkley, we all know Barkley's just talking. Um, we know he's not going to do that. Me personally, I've never had a back-and-forth conversation with the older guys, because I respect them so much, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I think they know if they came at me sideways, it's really going to be an issue, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, Barkley knows saying that to Draymond is not going to really be an issue. Um, I think he was kind of out of line for saying that, because Draymond is a grown man. You can't say somebody should punch him. Yeah. But Dray, like I said, Draymond responded the best way he could. You're not going to punch me, so just leave it alone. So Draymond did it right. You got you to defend yourself as a man. Now... LeBron is gone at Barkley. Mm-hmm. D. Wade kind of backed up LeBron, kind of went at him. Mm-hmm. What do you feel is the feeling of players around the league toward Barkley? Is there is there some tension there? Or well, some guys get tired of stuff he says? Or see, what? And, and this, this is where the fine line comes. Like Guys like LeBron and D. Wade, we know they respect Barkley as a player. Mm-hmm. But when you're on TV and you feel like they're paying you to say these things or – where they know that you're not really about that, you're not, not, you, you don't really feel like that. They feel like you're saying it because you're on TV. Okay. It's, it, it kind of makes them lose respect because we all know that for LeBron and D-Wade to have confrontation or to go back and forth with words about Barkley, when these two guys respect the game and the guys that came before them more than anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are students of the game. So when Barkley says stuff like that and guys know that it's not really coming from him. It's from him being on TV and trying to be funny and stuff like that. It kind of takes away from the respect from him. But me as a person, I respect him. I just know he knows who to pick, pick with. Yeah, you know, he yeah. wouldn't do that to Zach Randolph. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, I know what he's doing. Now, you play in the big three with Charles Oakley. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, a real one. Yeah, we know he don't really have any love for Charles. I know it stems, I believe it stems back to the lockout mm-hmm. in 99, 98, 99. Yeah. Were you there? 
I, wa- I wasn't there, but I, I heard that Barkley walked up to him and slapped him. That he slapped Barkley. Yeah, that he slapped Barkley. That Oakley slapped Barkley. Yeah, if I'm not, I'm not knowing if it's true, but that's what I heard. I heard he went there and slapped him. Yeah, that, that's what I heard, too. Yeah, like a, a child. Yeah, like yeah. Like a child, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't put it past Oak. That's my OG. I, it's funny, we talked about him. Before I walked in here, I just got a text from him. And he told me, you look like a, a $100 million on TV. <laughs> a compliment like that coming from him, one of the best-dressed guys in, in NBA yeah, history, yeah, you know, yeah. I, that means a lot to me. That's my guy, so we talk a lot. But if, if, if I heard that story and if Oakley's name was involved, nine out of ten times, I believe it. Why doesn't Oakley like Barkley? Do you know the backstory? I don't know the backstory. Okay. You know, I, you know, I only speak on what I know. I don't, I don't really know the backstory, but I know it's been, it's been some beef for a while. Oak was regarded as the toughest, pretty much the toughest dude in the league. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wanted to mess with Oak. Right. How did dudes know he was so tough? Well, is is at a point where, when a guy's talking, you know by his words and his actions if he really wants to go there. You know what I mean? Me, I'm, I'm cut from that same cloth of oak. You say anything disrespectful to me to in the game, my first reaction is, are you being disrespectful that you want to fight, or are you just talking for TV? And I can tell the difference. Guys that's really been in fights, that's really been in wars, you know, I, I always say I speak three languages, English, Spanish, and body language. I know when a guy is really ready to go or if he's just talking. And nine out of ten times, guys in the NBA, they're just bumping. Yeah, I always say the easiest place to act tough is on the court. Easiest Because you know it ain't going nowhere. Two, pa- you know? two punch max, referees <laughs> come and break it up. Yeah, and you know now you get fined, you get kicked out of the league. See, we didn't care about suspended. that. You, yeah. I got fined three million for one punch. So I didn't care about <laughs> money. I, 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 I'm going to die before I be disrespected. How do you now as an analyst, and you you know, you're talking about players and, and coaches and everything, mm-hmm. um, how do you weigh where you want to go? Like how much you want to say, mm-hmm. how much you – because you, I'm sure you know a lot that you don't share on TV. Right. You know, how do you kind of balance where you want to go? Well, the best way I can answer this is this is the way I came in the game. I came in the game with being a straight shooter, being me, uh, love it or leave it. Um, I've never compromised my integrity or what I stand for for anything in my life, so there's no need to now. Um, when I'm, I have a job to do on TV, and that's to be honest, give my honest opinion about things, whether if I'm friends with a guy and he's not playing well, or just like when Durant did the fake page, I've said something about it, but that's my little brother. Like, I, I got real love for KD. But I felt I'm so real and I'm, I'm honest enough where I can tell my brother, look, that was weak, you shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. On, you know what I'm saying? Let him know that, and we can move on from it. And guys around the league, the, the new, younger guys and the older guys, they know me. They're at the point where you only can be real with me because if it's anything fake, I, I can sense it, and, uh, and, 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 and I'm not going to respect it. And uh, I've always had that relationship around the league, and I want to be a coach one day okay. you know, because I know I would be a great coach because I'm such a student of the game. And if me being me, who I was raised to be, the guy I've always been, affects me getting a job further because I'm saying some things that people might not agree with, so be it. How soon do you want to start getting into coaching? Uh, well, you know, it's, this is nothing new. You know, I've talked to Mike Brown about it many okay. times. You know, I've, if he ever, he hasn't had a head coaching job, I'm pretty sure if he's had one in the last three years, I would have been on the, on the coaching staff. I talked to Jerry Stackhouse about being an assistant coach with him. So uh, even Mark Jackson. Okay. Uh, so it, it's been talked about a lot of times because people know my passion for the game. And the, and the knowledge that I have that I can spread to these young guys and teach them how to play with that passion, you know, some of that stuff can't be teach. You just got to have it. Now, we talked about the championship ring you won at no 3 mm-hmm. with the Spurs. You had three seasons where you averaged 20 points a game or more. 
excuse me, three more where you average 18 or more. Um, and you said it earlier. I, you you think you should have had a better career. You had a really good career. You mm -hmm. think you should have had a better career. I, I should. I definitely should have had a better career um, as far as accolade-wise. Um, I mean, to be the second to last pick to finish with 13,000 points, you know, that's that, that's a lot. I know a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame that might not have 13,000 points mm -hmm. or a championship. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I've just been a, I've been a winner, Chris. I won on every level I've ever played in. Little League, uh, Little League, <laughs> overseas, high school, NBA, every level I played on, I've been a champion. So I, I, I'm just a winner, man. And I've always, I never got my due. It had a lot to do with the brawl. Okay. It had a lot to do with the shooting at the strip club in Indiana. So a lot of it is me. A lot of it is me being too loyal to my friends okay. and, and, and helping them and putting myself in situations that I shouldn't have because I was loyal to guys that wasn't loyal to me. Like me shooting for Jamal Tinsley, I don't think he would have done that for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Marquise Daniels would have because he did it. But I, I don't think uh, Jamal Tinsley, so I regret doing that. Okay. I don't regret helping my team at the time because, you know, I, I didn't want nothing to happen to him. But what it, the, 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 the jacket it put on me is I'm a thug, you know, not knowing that the only two incidents in my life I've been in trouble for was helping other teammates. Mm -hmm. I went to help Ron in the stands. I went to help JT at the strip club. I've, I was never in trouble before that in my life. So, and I think that that affected me being an all-star, and especially in Charlotte. That year I had in Charlotte when I got traded to Golden State, I had a great year, and, and um, Paul had got hurt. I just knew I was going to make the all-star game. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I Paul even Pierce. Paul Pierce. I even talked to MJ. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm having, you know, because Gerald Wallace had already got in, and I really should have made it for Gerald because I was the leading scorer of that team. Gerald was great, but I brought that team. Once I got there, that was the first time in 13 years, the first time the organization has ever been to the playoffs. Mm. I led that team. And when Paul got hurt and then they gave it to David Lee, this is personal. Mm. This is personal. You know, this, this is not about what – this is not about – me, a, me, the basketball player. And Baron Davis said this after we beat Dallas in game six. I think I had six or seven threes that game. Baron Davis said a lot of people, they say a lot of things about Steven Jackson, but they never, ever talk about how good of a basketball player he is. You're right. You're right. And I was going to ask you, do you think, I know the players give you the respect, mm -hmm. but do you think the general public of basketball fans doesn't really know how good you were as a player? But half of them probably never seen me, you know, and, um, a lot of them don't know, but, you know, I look at it like this. I've always looked at it like this. Never made an All-Star game. I am NBA champion. I made the rookie All-Star game. That don't, that don't count to me. Uh, but at the end of the day, I got respect for every, from every guy that I played against, from Kobe. Um, uh, Tim Duncan said I'm the, I'm the ultimate teammate. Don Nelson, the winningest coach ever, said I wish I had five Steven Jacksons. The type of compliments I got from guys around the game that's in the game, yeah. that means more than anything else. One, I, what I remember you and my first recollection of you was you were a McDonald's All-American. Led the game in scoring. Yeah. It, it, I mean, Kobe, Tim Jermaine O'Neal, Tim Thomas, Mike Bibby, all them playing in that game. At that point in time, who did you think was the best player in the country? High school. Did you think it was you or, or somebody else? Well, or me, I, I thought Tim Thomas was okay. a god. He was nice. Him yeah. and Kobe. I, I mean, there was. So you knew Kobe's. Okay. Yes, like you know, I I had seen guys like I growing up, and even though I went to Oak Hill, I didn't really see being a part of the Texas growing up. We saw the Rockets, but I didn't really didn't watch NBA. You know, what I'm saying I saw highlights, and I'm, I don't even know we had cable around that time. You know, what I'm saying to watch games growing up. So when I got to traveling in high school and seeing guys like Tracy McGrady and Tim Thomas, I'm like, wow. Yeah. I, I think I'm good at six seven. These guys, <laughs> seven foot, doing the same thing I'm doing in high school. 
So, but I knew I was one of the best. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew I was one of the best in my class, and that McDonald's game was my chance to show it, and I think I did. Would you, at that point, would you think of Kobe? You knew he was coming out to go pro, but, you know, would you, did you think he'd become or had a chance to become what he did? Well, he was so big. Like, they had, like, coming out of high school, and he was all over the media, going to the prom with Brandy. Yeah, like, he yeah, was so yeah. built up. He was great in high school. Don't get me wrong, you know, but just as good as he was, Rip Hamilton was just as good. Okay. In Philly. That was his rival what? out there. Like, yeah. Rip used to serve Kobe. Like, they used to go back and forth. Really? So, okay. Rip was just as good at that time. I, I, could, I would not sit up here and lie to you ever and tell you that I, would th I, I knew Kobe would grow into the player he was. I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was going to be one of the best of them. Now, you were going to go to Arizona. Mm -hmm. You didn't go because of academic and eligibility. And they won a national championship. I would have had another championship. <laughs> I, I went on every level. I, I'm telling you, they won that my freshman year. I should have been there. They won Who a was it? Was that Jason Terry and all those guys? Jason Terry. With me, me and Mike Bibby was the same recruiting class. And uh, wow. Eugene Eggerson. They had Mike, Miles, everybody. Sign. Mike Dickerson. They had, it was yeah. a whole crew there. Okay. Um, so you went to Butler Community College for, you a said, week, a week? A week. <laughs> Um, and then you start going overseas. Mm -hmm. Now, and you drafted second round by the Suns. They cut you right away. They told me they was going to cut me. So why, why, like, my thing is this. Scouts had to know, and, and GMs and all that, that you were like a high school All-American. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. they knew you had ability. Why do you think it took you so long to get to the NBA? Because uh, it was about three years. Yeah, when, I got, when I got drafted by the Suns, um, I owe all that to Mike Bibby's mom. Because when I didn't make it in Arizona, I was about to go back home. And everybody from Mike's mom to my family, everybody knew that wasn't going to end well. Mm. Going back to gang banging and hanging out, you know, and not doing what I was supposed to do. And she, she let me move with her in Arizona. And she brought me, right before the season started, she brought me up to the Phoenix Suns practice facility and asked one of, the, one of the coaches she talked to, a Danny Age, somebody, could I play with the guys? This is the year they just traded for Jason Kidd, McLeod, McDice. Uh -huh. So they only had one pick. I think Steve Nash, they had an early pick and they had a last pick in the draft. I think Steve Nash was already drafted, I think. But they told me, we got one pick, 42nd pick in the draft. We're going to draft you. We're going to guarantee you 250000 but we're going to cut you and send you to the CBA. This is when they had the CBA around that time. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I'm coming from nothing. Yeah, you want to cut me? And give me money? It's a no-brainer. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Where where do I sign? You know, and when they drafted me, you know, I had the little draft party, the little small draft party in the hood, in the garage. Everybody's upset. I'm knowing I'm already going second yeah, round, yeah. but I'm not saying that to nobody. Are they mad because you ain't oh, going they first kicking stuff. Like, He's not that good. I'm sitting there like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> let God work. Let God work. And uh, when it came around, you know. But it, it took a while because, you know, I wasn't ready. You know, like I said, I dealt with, I broke both of my feet at the time, so it was some doubts. Um, How'd you break your feet? Just I was playing born, ball? I was born with stress fractures in both of them. Okay. So the doctor told my mom when I was a kid, one day, they're going to break. And wow. this doctor had to be a genius because he said it was between the age of 18 and 21, and that's when, it, that's when I broke both of them. And the second one I broke was kind of, it was kind of worse than the first one because I was trying out for the Bulls. And it was two days before cuts, and I went from a team with no with the color jersey to two days for cuts, I'm on a starting team. Wow. So I was two days from making that team and broke my foot and I actually called that's the first time I ever thought about giving up. Mm. You know, I I called my mom like maybe it's just not it. I called the crime. Like maybe it's just not it. I broke my other foot. Like maybe it's not meant for me to be in the NBA. Yeah. She she told me, so that's what you're gonna do? This is her response. So that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna sit on the phone and cry 
like, that's not the response I expected from my mom. <laughs> like, you know, I wanted some sympathy. She didn't give me none. So I wiped my tears, you know, went home, healed up, went overseas and bounced back. What do you think you would have been doing if you hadn't gotten to the NBA? Lord knows. Lord knows. Um, I wasn't a book smart guy. You know, I, I never took school serious. Uh, I knew as, as a youngster I had some talent and um, and basketball, but I don't know. I I don't think I don't think it would have been positive mm -hmm. because where, where where I was at the time it was two high schools, almost like eight sets of low income housing where I grew up at fifty thousand six thousand people. So everybody's doing the same thing. Mm. It wasn't no no options to. You know, but nobody showed me a way out around that time. I didn't know anything. I was trying to figure it out. So it wouldn't have been good if yeah. I didn't have basketball or if I didn't have a good family to keep me, you know, in the city, keep me out of trouble during those times. When you go back to Port Arthur, if you go back, what's it like? Because a, a lot of guys talk about it's hard for them to go back mm -hmm. to the hood or, you know, you've seen guys get their chains snatched and stuff like that. What's it like when you go back? The earth is my turf. I go everywhere, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's, one, that's, that's one reason why I love the person I am because people accept me everywhere because they know I'm genuine, I'm 100. You know, it's, 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 you can't find any flaw in my character. Uh, when I go home, it's all love. You know, um, my hometown love me. I go home and, and do things like just like the hurricane. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a gymnasium in my hometown. I use my gym as a storage facility for, for different people and, and players that I had relationships with to send things like cleaning products, uh, infamil, baby products, clothing, all kinds of stuff to help my city because they lost everything. Yeah. And uh, I fed uh, Thanksgiving a couple years ago, 800 families. It's not that many families. I didn't know they had that many families in Port Arthur. Mm -hmm. But me and Shaq came down and we fed 800 families. My city loves me because I've never changed. Mm -hmm. I always go back, you know, you might, you might pull up in Port Arthur and see me uh, on somebody porch with my shoes off Eating, eating some food at somebody's house that, you know, that's not even <laughs> my family member. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm loved at home. and I, I give my city that same love because, you know, I give them a lot of props for for helping me to get where I'm at. Because, I, like I said, I did a lot of things to mess up my life. But the people in the city, the guys who sold drugs, when I tried to sell drugs, wouldn't let me and just mm. gave me money. Like, all that meant something to me. Because they knew you could play. Exactly. You know? you know, and they didn't have to do that. So um, I love my city and I always go back. That's a good point you made, because I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Remember a few years ago when Carmelo, it was early in his career, and he got caught on camera with a guy who sold drugs? Mm -hmm. Melo was just on the corner, you know, with a group of guys. Right. And people wanted to act like that meant Melo was involved with that. And, you know, a lot of guys growing up in neighborhoods, you know drug dealers that, that take care of you. Dudes that might be up, up to, to no good. Yeah. And that people need to understand that if you're from certain areas, you're just going to know guys. It don't mean you doing that stuff. Right. But you're going to know guys. They might be your friends. They might be family members. And they've taken care of you. Can you kind of talk to that? Because a lot of fans don't understand it. They think, oh, you just cut off so-and-so and so-and-so. Trying so -and -so to be and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked me that question because I don't think nobody can answer it better than me. Growing up where I grew up, you know, something like saying most people don't have cable and we don't see NBA players. We don't see NBA games. So we all want a better life. We all grow up, especially in the hood. You want to be the one to get everybody out the hood and make a better life for the people you love. When you're in the hood and you're not watching the fakeness on TV, the only thing you see real is the drug dealers 
making the money and taking care of the whole city, taking care of their families. So you look up to these people because taking care of your family is all you dream of. Helping your family, being able to have money and live nice is all you dream of. You've been struggling so much that all you think about is a better life. So you see guys, yeah, they might be selling drugs, but these guys, might, they might have the, the biggest hearts ever mm -hmm. because they look out for everybody. And I know a lot of, I can tell you this, and this is the honest God truth. 20 of my, if I go home and I have 20 friends around me, 19 of them have sold drugs, <laughs> and 20 of them then did 10 or more years in jail. Mm -hmm. But that's just where I come from. I can't blame them. I don't blame nobody. That's just the cards we were all dealt, yeah. decisions that they made. But I looked up to these guys. This guy named Donald Ray. He got killed in the game, involved in the drug game. But this was a guy that when I, when I was trying to figure out my basketball and I wanted to make it to the NBA, this guy used to pick me up in these nice, expensive cars, take me shopping. I wasn't his blood family. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he knew that I was a good kid that wanted to make it out, and my, my heart was genuine. He didn't have to come pick me up and take me shopping and all that. This was, a, this was one of the biggest drug dealers in Texas at the time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I never looked at him as a drug dealer because he wasn't the guy paying people to go kill people. He wasn't the guy, okay, you disrespect me, I'm gonna get you shot. I don't know what type of drug dealers that everybody think. You know, there's some drug dealers that's doing it for the right reasons. It's not right, but they're doing it for the right reasons yeah. to help their family in a better life. And we understand that coming from that. You know, and we can't judge anybody because we all have done something, you know what I'm saying, that, that we regret in life, especially trying to come up from out the bottom. If you've never been in the bottom, then everything I said would be like, be like uh, foreign to you because you have to be from the bottom or be in that area to know how to appreciate people that's trying to help anybody have a better life. Yeah, a lot of people when they came to this country, I mean, and they don't have anything, the mafia, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. And no, people look down at them, but a lot of people glorify that too. Mm -hmm. Cause, and they do take care, I'm not justifying it, but they do take care of their families. And their and neighborhoods. You know what I'm yeah, their neighborhoods. So it's, it's a similar thing. Um, you, the ring we were talking about, you won it with the Spurs in 03. Uh, what's it like playing for Pop? It was unbelievable because nobody would have knew about me. First of all, Mike, I give more credit to Mike Brown because okay. when I was in New Jersey, the second half of the season, um, Byron Scott didn't play me. After from making the rookie All-Star game to coming back, he didn't play me at all. Took him out the starting lineup and everything. But Mike Brown still knew what I can do even though when I wasn't playing. So I remember we was playing in Jersey. Mike Brown came up to me um, at the end of the game and was like, don't worry, keep your head, keep your focus. We come and get you this summer. And that summer, uh, I went to Utah for the uh, Utah Class Summer, summer League, summer and I was second in scoring behind Dirk. Okay. And, okay. and, um, and he, when Pop came up to me, this was Pop's exact words. This is when I fell in love with Pop, because I love straight shooters. I have, I have so many real friends in my life, it's easy to see a fake friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I, my conversations are so real, it's easy to see when somebody being fake. Pop came to me just as real. Him and Don Nelson, the only two coaches to talk to me like this, and Rick Carlisle. Jackson, I want you on my team, great player. You can't smoke weed on my team, point blank. <laughs> That's all he said. I said, okay, Pop. I still did it. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I, but I, I told him, I'm like, the fact that he can't, I've never heard anybody yeah, yeah, come yeah, direct yeah, to yeah. me, I, I, especially a, a caliber coach of Greg Popovich. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and he, he, he had, that time, he only had one championship. He wasn't the coach yeah, yesterday. Yeah, exactly. But I still had that respect for him, and I still knew the opportunity of playing with Tim Duncan and Dave Robson was something that I couldn't, I couldn't mess up. And uh, I told him I wouldn't. And uh, 
I, he signed me, and the first year they put me on injury list. The whole first year I was there, I didn't play, and um, but I kept my focus. Having Mike Brown there helped me out. So a lot. you were healthy. You were practicing. And yeah, doing yeah okay. I was killing in practice. I okay. was I was holding my own, and I was super frustrated because I felt like I wasn't playing. You know, they wasn't the team wasn't that good that year. Yeah, and, was that uh, the well? That was oh what oh two. That was Sean Ellis last year. Okay, okay, and. Um, I didn't play, and uh, I was frustrated the whole year, but Mike Brown kept me focused. Pop just kept telling me, I think this is what this is nothing Pop told me that helped me have a long career. He was like, you're super talented on offense. If you learn how to defend, you have a long career. I defended in San Antonio. To me, around the 14 years that I played, I think I was a top five two-way player. Yeah, that became what you was known for. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. People might not, if people go back and look at my 14 years, the North 14 years, it ain't too many two-way players that was better than me. You know, I might not got the props I deserve, but if they look at the numbers and the team, every team I went to, I changed it. I helped them win. You know, uh, I was one of the best two-way players, and I, I owe that to Pop because once he let me know that if I was a defender, it will help me in this game. It will give me longevity. I took that serious. What was something about David Robinson and Duncan that people don't know or would surprise people? They both gave me something to my life that I needed being so young and not understanding that the NBA is a job and not just a game. Uh, Dave gave me the what I had as a youngster, a foundation. Uh, Dave uh, is a church-going guy. Mm -hmm. His wife is awesome. Everybody she come around, she's like a mother to. I was young at the time. Uh, they gave me that family feel, being away from home. Okay. Dave was like a father, and his, wi his wife was like a mother. They invited me over on Sundays. I went to church with them. After games, they took me out to eat, all kind of things like that. They called and checked on me. When my mom wasn't in town, they'll call my mom. Is there anything that we need to do? For, like, they really wow. looked out for me. Tim was my big brother. Pop, you can say what you want. You can feel anybody. This is my little brother. I got it. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and that was one thing about Tim, especially when I started. I remember when I was uh, in Seattle, uh, I wasn't playing. I was, I was, I was uh, actually still on the injury list. And, uh, no, I, I was on the team I wasn't playing, though. And uh, Greg Popovich called me into a room, his room. He said, come to my room after shoot around. We was playing Seattle. And uh, in Seattle, and I went to his room, and Tim was already in there. Huh. I'm like, what? What's going on? Yeah. Felt better because I knew Tim was in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> going in the pop room by itself, I don't know what's going to go on. You know, I'm still young at the time. Yeah. I'm 20, what, 21, 22 around the time. So he sat me down, like, we're going to start you tonight. I'm like, okay. Because I was playing well. I remember I was coming off the bench. So but this I was, was the well. year y'all won the title? Because I know you started yeah. on the championship. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And Tim was like, yeah, um, you know, you've been playing well. We just want you to continue to focus. You know, come out here. We're going to start you in place of Steve Smith. We just want you to play the game you've been playing. I'm like, cool. As soon as he told me that, I done forgot Tim and Pop was in the room. I'm going to go to this locker room, and I feel like I'm going to have a confrontation with a guy that I love most or who's probably done the most for me on this team is Steve Smith. Yeah. But this is why I was blessed to play with great players. As soon as I walked in the locker room, Steve Smith grabbed me like, look, Bro, this ain't personal. This ain't between me and you. I'm happy for you. Man, you know the, 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 how I just exhaled and the, and the stress that took off me mm -hmm. because I had so much respect for him. I don't want to feel like I'm low-cutting him or doing something behind his back. I didn't mm -hmm. understand the game at the time. But him being a veteran, the ultimate professional, and he, I guess he saw it on me, he came up to me like, Jack, you know, I love you. You're my little yeah. brother. It ain't personal between me and you. 
you go out there and, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I was around great guys. You know what I'm saying? I was around great guys. And being in San Antonio, what Tim, Dave, what Tim and Dave gave me as far as being a family and, and like a brother and having a whole bunch of OGs, mm -hmm. Kevin Willis, Steve, Steve Kerr, all those guys, it was a blessing for me. San Antonio was great. Before the show moves along, I want to take a moment to tell you that this episode of In The Zone is brought to you by our friends at Zip Recruiter. Are you hiring, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way. So they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash in the zone. That's right, ZipRecruiter.com slash in the zone. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash in the zone. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now, back to the show. Now, is Pop, he's known as being hard on guys. Is he that hard on players in practice? It's not, just I don't generally? consider being hard. You can pay to do a job. If you're doing anything less than that, if you if you doing any if you playing any less than hundred percent, oh he gonna say something. <laughs> if we sit there and practice and go through a game plan, and you go out there and you doing everything but the game plan, yeah he gonna be pissed. He has that right, and and that's the only time Papa's never a jerk or or or, or, or upset about anything just because he can. Okay. You know the he'll he'll the same mistake I make, he might take me out from it take me out the game to, to get to me to show me, look, you can't make these mistakes yeah. as a young kid. But he might not take Tim out, but when Tim come out the game, he's screaming at Tim the same way he will me. So you can't say that he picks on guys because he treat his best player just like he treat the last get last guy on the bench, and that's why he's so respected. Are there guys, though, that couldn't handle that, like can't, couldn't play for Pop? Oh, I, I, at times I couldn't. Because, you know, it's times where he took me out the game and I walk this the bench. I walk completely around just so I have to shake <laughs> nobody's hand because that's how upset I am. And then you can look into the time when I was there in 03. Every time I came out the game, Mike Brown would walk down there and he will stand in front of me because I'm down there 20 curse words. Yeah, yeah. F-pop, all this type of stuff. And Mike Brown standing in front of me, you know, blocking it, blocking it. You know what I'm saying? Then he's like, you all right? You good? And go sit back down. You know what I'm saying? So they, they, they knew how to handle me. You know, I think if I didn't go to San Antonio, my career wouldn't have been as long as it was because I learned a lot about myself okay. and being a professional in San Antonio. Now, when you left there, you went to several teams, mm -hmm. Golden State, Indiana. Charlotte. It had some great, great runs. Um, when you went back about nine, ten years later, mm -hmm. and they had won a few more championships, did you notice a change or – was pop stature was bigger or the culture was it different anything like that? I think the respect for pop has got it gotten bigger, but it was still the same for me. Okay. But one thing I knew before I left and going back, there's only three guys that pop really care about, and I mean like his guys. I can't be mad at them. They won in five championships, four or five championships. Mm -hmm. so I can't be mad at them. But I knew when I my first year there when Tony Ginobili came, 
That was his guys. Okay. Tony Ginobili and Tim, that's his guys. Nothing comes before his guys. Winning comes before them, but these are his guys. There's nothing his, these guys can do to upset Pop. If you, if, if you look at Ginobili's career and you look at how many turnovers he has <laughs> in his career, you will be appalled <laughs> at how many turnovers he has in his career. Like, seriously. Yeah. But one thing I knew from being there with Ginobili, he one of those guys, you got to live with that. Because he going to make 10 turnovers, but that same pass that he try, he going to make it at the clutch at the, mm -hmm. at the right time mm -hmm. of the game. Mm -hmm. Because he, 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 you know, he, he, has, he has the balls to do it. You know, so he had to live with that. And I, and I understood that going, I understood that going back. Uh, and Kawhi was there, too, when I went back. So yep. I, I, knew, I knew the culture had changed a little bit, but I knew my role was going to be the same. Because I knew the team didn't have no toughness. And as soon as I got there, Pop was like, bring the nasty. He had it all in the, bring the nasty. I'm bringing you here to bring the nasty. And uh, it, it was a different feel, but I knew my role was the same. Now, you mentioned Kawhi. You've gotten to know him well. What do you think of this whole situation with the Spurs? And well, well it, it, it backfired on the Spurs. We've never seen a Spurs organization or teammates attack another teammate in the media. Mm -hmm. Tony's been hurt. He's missed a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Ginobili's been hurt a lot. Tim was hurt a lot. You never heard them come out to me and say, well, Ginobili, you should, you, I don't think you hurt no more. You yeah, should be yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. You never heard them having any secret meetings and popping up on Tony and Ginobili anybody else. So with Kawhi knowing this, y'all not finna handle me like that. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We don't, y'all don't act like this now that y'all need me. And Why do you think they did that? Because I think they did that because this is the first superstar that Pop can't control. This is the first superstar you can't, you, you and Ginobili and Tony, y'all speak every day. You know their teams, y'all teams, y'all are family. Kawhi, Kawhi doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. he, he, this is the first superstar that Pop got with braids. It might not make sense <laughs> to a lot of people, but you understand what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the first superstar he's had with braids. Kawhi's one of those guys that all he wants to do is play basketball and go down as one of the best ever on both ends of the court. That's all he focused on. He don't want to talk about it. He don't want to make excuses, but Kawhi is super smart. So he know that they handled that situation all wrong because mm -hmm. they needed him and they didn't want to be out like they are now in the first round. They knew they couldn't win without him. So they panicked and handled it wrong. They know they handled it wrong. Now they hoping that they can fix the situation, which I still think they can because Pop can make Kawhi, people don't know this, but he has another year. Yeah, so he, yeah, he, yeah. he can make him sit in that misery for a year if he wants to. So is that, is that your, how you think he'd fix Pop's it? Pop's not going to trade him. Pop's not going to trade him. Because he knows how good he is. He knows how good he is. So when you say sit in that misery... What do you mean? Like if if Kawhi wants out and Pop don't want him out, you're gonna sit here and play for me this year. But I I feel like that situation could, could could be fixed because Kawhi wants to win. Okay. And but I just think the Spurs gotta improve that situation. LeBron, something. Because <laughs> what's LeBron. there is not enough. Yeah. Even yeah. with Kawhi, that's not enough. Um so do you think Pop put Tony and Manu and, and all in the meeting and all that, he was behind that? I played there four years, three, three and a half, four years. One thing I know about the Spurs organization, nothing goes on without Pop knowing. There's no way that no player going to call a secret meeting without Pop knowing. They don't call secret meetings. I've, I've never heard of anything <laughs> like that. And you can't call it, they'll never call a meeting where it's a surprise to Ginobili or Tony. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be a surprise to your best player. 
Yeah. It's a lot of things were happening unusual there, and uh, it drew a lot of flags. But this is what the Spurs have been good at. It's a lot of stuff that's been going on there. But they've been good at keeping it in house. Mm-hmm. But this is the first mm-hmm. time they've been they they, they dissed a pub uh, uh, teammate publicly and it backfired on. Them. Now you know Tony obviously better than mm-hmm. me. But when I've been around him and interviewed him, he seems like he don't have an edit button. Mm-hmm. Like he just and I don't know if it might be a cultural thing, you mm-hmm. know, from France, but that he just says what he wants to say. Is it possible when he was talking about Kawhi and my injury is 100 times worse than I, that he was just saying to him what was true and he wasn't looking at it like, yo, I'm, I'm really going at Kawhi? Or you think you don't think that's possible? I think what I was me. I know that <laughs> before he did that interview, somebody opened his back and put two Duracell batteries in there. Mm. Somebody put a battery mm. in his back to say that. That ain't Tony. You, 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 you not, you're not the type of guy to go at another person. You're not a tough guy. Mm. You, know, you, you didn't go at against, you didn't go at nobody else on your organization since you've been there. What makes you think you can go, he's going to just publicly and just all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to go at Kawhi now. Like, all that stuff was rehearsed. Pop knew it all from the meeting to what Tony said. They, it, it was talked about. It was talked about. Do they have to offer him the Supermax? That's the first olive branch? That's half of fixing the situation. <laughs> If they don't offer it to him, you think he wants... If he's they, when they sit down, and if Pop first words ain't Supermax, that conversation going downhill from the jump. Mm. What else do you have there? You have to give him the Supermax. You have to. One of the best two-way players. And, and if they don't, knowing that it's other teams that's ready to give it to him, he's going to be out of there. If he doesn't go there, what do you think is the best fit? If he, doesn't, he doesn't go back to San Antonio? There, yeah. Uh... Me knowing he's a California kid, and I know he don't want to go east. He doesn't want to. I don't think he do. I don't think he want to be in cold. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he would go east. I think he would come to California, even if. The only reason I don't think the Lakers because I don't think he want to go in a situation where he's losing. You know, I think Kawhi mm-hmm. still want to win, and I think losing takes away from him being a two-way player. I think that's why he he's looked at a certain way in San Antonio because he was a two-way player and the best at it, and he was winning. That's a different look. I think he wants to keep that look. Um, I just don't know where he can go to get it. Now, you think if LeBron leaves Cleveland, San Antonio is where he should go? Me, personally, I do. If, he, if he's ring chasing still. Yeah. I think uh, if he just want to continue to be the best player in the world and not make the finals the next couple of years, stay home. Mm-hmm. You know, just finish mm-hmm. your career there. If you... Want to take advantage of the years you got left, which I feel to he, what he playing now, he's going to be playing until he's 45. I think that with him and Kawhi, even LaMarcus are adding another piece there with the young core guys they got, they can win two, three championships. Yeah, I, and he's I, never played under a Hall of Fame coach yep. in his life. He I loves agree. Pop. Pop loves him. Pop's, uh, LeBron is Pop's type of guy, family guy. Okay. Does everything the right way. You know, people always talk about LeBron and Jordan. I want my kids to be like LeBron. I want my kids to look up. I look up to LeBron even though I'm older than him Mm -hmm. because out of all the players that came around in the NBA history, he did one thing that every player failed at, bringing your friends on and putting them in positions to be successful. He's the only one done it right. I screwed it up. I'm I'm one of the guys. (laughs) I salute him because he's done everything right. He uses his voice when he needs to. 
This is something that we never talk about with MJ. LeBron is on it. We got to stop comparing LeBron and just put him on another level, on his own level. And I'm not saying putting him above Jordan, but he's just in a he's just in a lane of his You're own. Talking about off the yeah, court. Yeah, no, just period. No just period. As a person, as a player, he's in the category of his own. Now LeBron. When he's on the team, you know, the, the talk is he runs the team, he's the GM. People joke he's the GM, he's the coach. How do you think it will work basketball-wise with him and Pop? I mean, could 15 years of kind of doing your own thing, or at least 11 in Cleveland, what do you feel like it would be with him and Pop? I think it would be uh, a mutual respect for each other. I think LeBron is going to let Pops be the coach he is, and during games or in games, Papa's going to lie Kawhi and LeBron to be stars and be leaders of the team. I don't think it'll ever be a problem because Pop love guys that are students of the game. I've seen many a times where, I've, matter of fact, I've been on the team plenty of times where we come out of timeout and Pop is getting ready to walk. He'll give the clipboard to Tony Ginobili and he'll go back and sit down. So he's, he loves his players having a basketball IQ and being able to lead and coach at the same time because it, it, does, it do, doesn't do anything but make the team better. Okay, okay. You mentioned LeBron bringing his guys, Rich Paul, Maverick mm -hmm. Carter, Randy Mims along, and, and really they set up now. Mm -hmm. Because I've heard stories, I, I even say horror stories, about guys bringing their boys with them, and sometimes their boys might even, you know, steal from them or mm -hmm. something. Other times they, they mean well, but they end up living off the player and really taking a lot of his money, not even purposely, but he just supporting you. Mm -hmm. What do you think, you know, is that kind of the norm for guys that bring their boys along and they don't, they don't, they think they doing them a favor, mm -hmm. but they end up losing a lot of money because they taking care of these guys. And it's, it's, it, it's a big problem for, especially guys come from where we come from because like I said, we want to make sure everybody's straight. We want to mm -hmm. help everybody. You know, we want to make everybody a life better. And what people don't understand is, me, is, I'm guilty too, because I didn't understand it. When I was given all this money, I wasn't taught how to handle this money. I wasn't taught how to put myself in better situations. I'm just making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's just coming all at one time. So how could I help them yeah. be in situations when all I'm doing is giving them money. I'm not teaching them. I'm not taking them to the well. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me. I'm not taking them. I'm not showing them how to drink. I need to take them to the well and yeah. let them learn how to drink on his own. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do that. You know, I, um, you kind of handicapping them. You know, you, you, you think you're doing it right, but you was never taught the way to do it right. And so we feel like, okay, we got all this money. Money going to help us. We're we going to buy our way into success. We're going to mm -hmm. buy our way into helping our friends. And you can't do that because your friends don't have the attitude. If they don't have the attitude of, well, I'm going to build something on my own so he can see that I want to bring to his table and we can eat together. Yeah. That's the situation yeah. LeBron friends were in. They went to school and got degrees. Yeah. Okay, we know LeBron can put us in a situation. Let's show him we want it. Yeah. We don't get... Me personally, I didn't give my friends an opportunity. Yeah, they, I had them doing little jobs and stuff like that, and I tried to help them build stuff on their own, but we was never taught the right way to do it. So I'm guilty of screwing it up a lot, and I owe my friends an apology because I did it thinking that money was going to make everybody successful, and it don't work that way. And every, a lot, 90% of the guys in the NBA came in thinking their money was going to get mm -hmm. everybody successful and a better life, and it don't work that way. LeBron and his friends did it the right way, and that's why I forever salute him. So what would you suggest to guys coming in that want to do that for their friends? Mm -hmm. Just follow his, his blueprint or what? Well, follow his blueprint, but 
keep the number low. Okay. It can't be 10, 15 guys. <laughs> Maybe sit at the table with you and four other guys before you even get a check, mm -hmm. before you play one NBA game. This is the best way to handle it. You sit down with those four guys, find out what they're interested in doing, but you got to know what they're good at. He might want to rap, but you can't rap. <laughs> You, you yeah, might be yeah. good at promotion. You need yeah. to do this, bro. I know you want to rap. I know you like jerk, but you need to, you're going to be successful here. Yeah. Those type of conversations need to happen from the jump. That'll, that'll avoid a lot of wasting money. That'll avoid you spending money on, on something that you want him to do, and he don't want to do it. Now you don't waste two, three million. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you done opened the club because you, you want a club, but you want the friend to own it. But he ended up partying more than doing business. This is not the job for him. You have to have those conversations and put guys in situations where you know they're going to succeed and stuff they want to do, and that's what LeBron did. Now, we talked about you going to Indiana. What was it? Meta, we had Meta on mm -hmm. two weeks ago, and he was saying by his own admission he was out of control in Indiana mm -hmm. before the brawl. Me too. Yeah, what was it like? What was, what was it like with y'all back then? I was, I was into uh, the blood stuff hard around that time. Really? The gangbanging okay. stuff hard around that time. So even during why you in the NBA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, when I got when I went to Indiana, I brought ten of my friends with me. Wow. Got them different apartments. I had some staying with me. I had about ten guys out there. The worst decision. Some of them was wow. family. Some were friends. But uh, this was my first big contract. Okay. Man, when I I was expected to get my big contract after we won a championship in San Antonio, but Pop didn't pay me. He tried to lowball me. <laughs> so I went to Atlanta for one year, yeah. and I, I think the, after the second half of the season, I was sixth in the league in scoring. Uh, so, and I got my money from Indiana that year, but I went there just with the wrong attitude. You know, I'm, I'm just getting all this money. You know, I was, I, I remember when I first walked in the locker room in Indiana, I tied a red bandana around my locker. Right. And it was, there, it was there half the season. I remember, I, I told somebody a story recently, that Donnie Walsh came in there and told me, he's like, look, Jack, okay, can't, you got to take that down, bro. You know, it's, uh, enough is enough. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I didn't understand what I was doing. You know, I'm, I'm, you know I realized that when Donnie Walsh, because I respect the world out of Donnie Walsh, and uh, he broke it down to me and all stuff. So I understood that I was, I was out of control. We all were out of control. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to go to cities at the whole team and the clubs, partying. Like, we, we were definitely out of control. And if social media was out that day, a lot of our careers would have been messed up. Wow. Wow. Um, Westbrook, what's your take on him? Are you getting a lot of criticism? I love for, him. Yeah, go, go ahead. I love him to death. Uh, I love his passion for the game you can't teach. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's a rare guy. I don't think Billy Donovan is the coach for him. Okay. I think Billy, Billy Donovan is terrified of him. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's not the type of coach that Russell needs. Russell needs a coach that can pull his reins back a little bit. You know, the offense they ran this year was the best offense to run to not win. <laughs> uh, you had you didn't have Melo posting up any. I love Russ, man. The average triple double two years in a row. Uh, it, how can you not love a guy that wants it and that plays that hard? You people have to understand how hard it is to get a triple double, let alone to average it for 82 mm -hmm. games. Uh, this kid is special, man. If if a guy I would love to play with, I love to play with, and I, I would love to go to wall with him and have his back. Now he mentioned after their series, it was during the series with Utah. When he got into it with the fans, the, the type of stuff he hearing from fans, mm -hmm. how much negative stuff do you – and obviously fans from other teams going to boo you and say stuff, but does it really get nasty at times? Oh, yeah. I mean, welcome to my world. Nobody got booed more than when men run, <laughs> especially after the brawl, everywhere we went. But it should, sometimes it should be motivation. 
You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times when they get to talk to me, that get me going. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I, I love shutting the crowd up. I did that a lot of times in my career. That's the best feeling in the world, shutting the, uh, the uh, you on the road and shutting the crowd up. But you, with, with Utah, for sure, I've heard racial slurs. Okay. I t I, like I said, I, I played there. You know, put it like this. Let me ask you a question. We just reverse reverse world. If LeBron LeBron James was playing in Toronto last night, a guy who's in TV camera, so every time the team shoots a free throw, you see this guy. Okay. He has a life-size cardboard cutout, cutout of LeBron with LeBron's face on it and a jail uniform, holding it up. The first time that came on camera, the second time, the NBA would have told somebody, take that yeah, down. Uh, Toronto Raptors are Cleveland. Somebody, you got to take that down. This is a, a guy had that up in the playoffs, under the goal, the whole game with my face on it. Nobody said nothing. Wow. Right? Wow. So he wasn't uh, I saw it. My mom was hurt about it. I went and signed it for the guy after the game. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because he wasn't the guy screaming racial slurs. He was just a diehard Utah fan. Okay. So he was honestly just being a fan. He wasn't trying to demean me in any, any way. He didn't say anything disrespectful, you know, and I, we kind of laughed about it after because think about it. I was arrested. I did do something <laughs> stupid to get arrested. So I went and signed it, and me and him had a great conversation. But during the time in Utah, it's other fans that are totally out of line. Okay. I hope your kid die. Uh, wow. All kind of, oh yeah, all kind of stuff. And it's not just in Utah. The racial stuff, yeah. But the the other stuff about uh, your kids and your family, that's that's happened in a lot of rooms. I heard so much stuff in Detroit. Oh uh, yeah, that Detroit was But people, what people don't understand is, I'm loved in Detroit. I, oh, I'm always in Detroit. So it had nothing to do with the city. Yeah. It was more of that situation with the guy through the beer, you know. So, but you have to have tough skin. But in Utah, yeah, I mean, it's, it gets bad there. It definitely gets bad. Two two athletes, Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova, mm -hmm. who helped him win the championship. I this like year. his game. Yeah, yeah, he's nice. It'll be interesting to see what he can do in the league. Right. You know, um, Josh Allen, football player. Yes. They recently had issues where they had tweeted the N word, you know, years ago while they were in high school, I think. Mm -hmm. And you had an interesting take, at least I think it was on DiVincenzo. Mm -hmm. You didn't have that much of a problem with it. Can you, at least I think yeah, I heard you talking about that. Yeah, because it, it, it's different, okay? Me, I'm a grown man. I'm 40 years old. I tell people I never made an all-star game. I never made first team all-NBA, nothing like that. But I'm first team all-common sense, <laughs> okay? I grew up around a guy named John Biddicks. He was probably my best white friend. I used to love him because he stayed a little bit out the hood. He had a pool and all that. But he grew up around black people. Yeah. I had other guys that live in the projects that's white that go through more stuff than my black friends that's, that's, that's in the ghetto that's around. He's probably the only white person there. He probably say it because we probably called him that 200 yeah. times yeah. by talking to him because he's like our brother. You know, so I know the difference. If a white guy that I grew up with is calling me the N-word, saying, like, what's up, my N? Then somebody calling me the N-word. It's a mm -hmm. difference. I know when it's racial and when it's a term of endearment. Because that's what we use it for as a term of endearment. Mm -hmm. So if it's said to me by somebody I don't know, I know if they're being racial or not. You know what I'm saying? Because you, if you don't know me, yeah. you have no reason to yeah. be saying it to me. Yeah. So the guys that are comfortable saying it to me that I grew up with, they understand why they're comfortable because I've been around you my whole life. I know you're not saying it demeaning my race. Yeah. You know, and the people, if you're an adult and you don't know the difference between somebody saying it as a term of endearment or to belittle you and belittle your race, then you have the problem. Nah, you make a good point. Like, I, I'm of the impression 
I wish we, I wish, you know, look, if you black, you got family and friends that say it. It's just, it's like home. You can't whatever. help it. Yeah, exactly. You can't help I, I it. got, but I. That's what I was called as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Get your neckhead <laughs> in here. That, that was our name. Everybody was called that. It was, so it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't wrong. It wasn't nothing wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be that. Yeah. To this nah, day, I mean, I'm proud to be that. I mean, I, I'm of the impression, I wish we as African-Americans would stop using it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I don't want to hear whites use it. Right. But I do understand context. Mm -hmm. I, I understand it's worse if a white person uses it. It's different if a white person mm -hmm. uses it and a black person uses totally it. Totally different. Even though I don't really like hearing the, the black say it. Right. Um, I'd rather us call each other brother. Mm -hmm. You know, that was that was my and, thing. And that word is getting bigger now because we all trying to get away from exactly. saying it. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. But I'm with you. I do see what you're saying because a word is defined by its context. Right. And when I see a Kendrick Lamar concert and he got the crowd, which is mostly white, chanting Singing it word the N-word. Word. Exactly. Like encouraging it. Or, you know, Travis Scott or somebody encouraging it. Or we write the lyrics we want people to know the lyrics, sing our songs, mm -hmm. buy our records, and we saying it. I'm just saying, like you said, every time a white person saying it, they ain't saying it as a racist At comment. All. At a all. lot of times they saying it like we and you know, white people will call white people that. Like right. like cats that grew up that way. I heard I've heard that yeah, before. Or exactly. blacks will call whites that. Right. Like, and so again, I don't really want to hear it from anybody, but I think we being disingenuous if we got some of our rappers and celebrities encouraging whites to say it at concerts and through our music. And then if they say it or tweet it, we, we act like they automatically mean it in a racist way. And, you, you and, know? And, 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 and that's what they can't do. You can't say it in your rhymes. You can't expect them to buy your music. You can't expect them to be at your concerts and not say it. Like, you it, want them impossible. to know the lyrics. So at the same time, you have to have something. You have to have the smarts and the intelligence and the common sense to know when it's said in the wrong mm -hmm. way. And if you don't know that, then the problem is with you. Yeah. It's, it's not the person that's saying it, it's the problem is really with you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a complicated, it's complex discussion. Compli yes, it's, it is. It's, 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 so quickly with you know basketball. Why, and, and you know why it's a comment? Because none of us living today really has been through getting called it, getting called that word and meaning that you are the scum of the earth. Yeah. None of us is it's out here rare. picking cotton and being called that word. So it's, it's a different time. You know, it's a different mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, playoffs, Golden State, they look good. You got them clearly? I mean, I got them clearly. I mean, yeah. the special stuff coming back like that. I mean, these guys, they gonna, if they lose, they're beating themselves. Um, with the, everybody talking about LeBron, they struggling. They struggling in the East, and I don't think the teams in the East are experienced enough to beat these. The Golden State, I got the way they playing right now. I don't see nobody beating. Them. You got the Cavs in the East, though. Well, this is my thing. Indiana helped the Cavs. They gave them that series. Indiana had that series beat. Toronto starting off on a bad note. They was up twenty some points and end up giving Cleveland the game. The reason why I feel like Cleveland is gonna make it to the finals because they've been playing terrible. Indiana gave them the series, and Toronto gave them that game last night. They're, LeBron has been playing so well, they're starting to give um, Gerald Smith, Kevin Love, time to catch a rhythm. Yeah, if that right. happens, they're going to blow everybody out and be in the finals. So, and that's what, that's what's starting to happen. I see Cleveland getting, getting out of the East again. My man, great Anytime, stuff. Anytime, bro. Thanks Enjoy for having it, me. For Thanks real. for having me. Definitely, definitely. All right, here we are back for another episode. We missed it last week. Welcome back to the West Coast, Christopher. Yeah, it's good, good to be to back, man. Ooh, you've been working be out, back. huh? It's good to be Look back. Look at those guns on my man. 
Knock down Jay. <laughs> My man Jason McIntyre, you look excited. I am, dude. You Playoffs, always, you always look excited, though. I mean, Playoffs are in full swing. We got great topics. Should we start with your guy, LeBron? We can start wherever we'll start you want, man. LeBron yep, was awful your, last yep, night yep. in game one against the Raptors. Awful? He was awful by awful. his standards. What? And there, there's no by his standards. No, he was has he awful? set the bar was way up Was he awful here. or not? He was awful by his standards. Not by his standards. He had 26 points. Yep. He had 13 assists mm -hmm. or rebounds, 11 assists or rebounds. He had a triple-double. He hits the shot to send it into overtime at tied at 105. He defends the all-star point guard locked down in the Kyle fourth Lowry. quarter and overtime and holds him to three points. Now, was he LeBron James at his best? No. no. Was he close to his best? No. no. But awful? LeBron James was good. LeBron. He was human, and he need his his teammates finally stepped up. But okay. come on, so I'll get to Triple the question, Mister. He was defending LeBron. You got a LeBron very, jersey under that. He was very good. That's but, all I'm but saying. But the point We're is, we're used to more. But he was when very good. LeBron is that bad, two for eighteen on jumpers, one of six from the line, one of eight from deep, and the Raptors had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. I think this series is over. They choked. I think your guy, oh, Dwayne K. No, no, Weren't no. Were you the guy picking? I did pick the Raptors. Why, why'd you do that? Because I think LeBron is tired. Let's stay there. Okay, let's stay why there. Why in the world okay. would you pick the Toronto had, Raptors to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers nothing in the playoffs? to do with, Cleve uh, with the Toronto Raptors. It was all about LeBron. LeBron is tired. The fatigue is real. He could do it against Indiana. He had no help from his supporting cast. I thought Toronto's depth and LeBron's fatigue would mean Toronto would win the series. It was a terrible mistake on my part. I bought into your guy, Dwayne Casey. Can you Casey. say wrong again? Hey, let me look into the camera. Dwayne Casey, who he thought was the coach of no, the year, is a gigantic no, I fraud. I had Dwayne Casey. That was one of Casey. the worst coaching jobs you, in the fourth quarter Let me tell you what I had coach of the year. Ever. Quinn, stop it. Oh my Stop gosh. It. What do you want me to start with? Snyder the, was the, my coach the, uh, of the year. Brad Stevens was second. by a five-second violation. And that's his fault? Do you No, what about the execution? Oh what what about were the they players? What were they running, Chris? I don't know. Exactly. You I'm don't not know what they were he was running. doing. A, did you rip Billy Donovan? Has he been a great Listen, coach? Has no, he been red totally our down the different. stretch? Billy Donovan has no control. Russell Westbrook runs Why that not? show. Why not? You the coach. Russell Westbrook makes the money, calls the shots. That's He's the guy. That's an insult right there. If you tell me the coach has no control, you the coach. Have control. No. We'll get That's to your job. We'll get to Russell but go Westbrook. Ahead. I just can't believe Casey you even was unbelievably bad down the stretch. To they win were running series. no offense. And by the way, just a co <clears throat> just choke job. Valanciunas missed five layups in the fourth quarter. Five. I mean, this was embarrassing. Ibaka, wide open three, clang, and then defensively, don't get me started, okay? You don't leave Kyle Korver. You don't leave J.R. Smith. Those guys get hot. It's over. Because then LeBron gets help, and Indiana stuck with them. Indiana gave Toronto the blueprint. Let LeBron have his shots. Let him wear down. LeBron took 30 shots. He missed a ton of them. 26 points on 30 shots. The defense was awful. Toronto lost the series. It would not surprise me if these frauds get swept. Sorry, go ahead. Take, take, I'm just fired up. Because I'm wrong. I was wrong about Toronto. I'm an idiot. I mean, Back if, me if, in the comments. If that were the case, I mean, you'd be fired up every every topic. I'm, I'm You're often right. Wrong. I am often right. When? You, you, I can't look. So are, is Toronto going to win a game in this series? 
probably, Cleveland will probably <laughs> give them a game. Cleveland will probably give them a game. I mean, look, I'm not the Toronto backer. You are. Okay? You Don't be laughing because I say they might get a game. I went into this series thinking Cleveland would win it in six. They, it may take six. It may go five. It may be a sweep, whatever. A gentleman's sweep. But what I can't believe is why in the world you would even pick the Raptors. Let me tell you a little something about NBA basketball. Oh, here we go. Education with it Mr. Broussard. It takes superstars yeah. to win at the high level. Every blue moon, there's an aberration. And there's a team that doesn't have superstars. Maybe once every 15 years or so. There's a team that doesn't have superstars that goes really deep. But the Toronto Raptors are a great regular season team because they play hard, contrary to what you said. And Dwayne Casey made some bad mistakes. But we, Greg some. Popovich has made mistakes. Some. Everybody has made mistakes. He is a good coach, and it's, it shows in his record. Ooh, let me they they uh, are a great regular season team. They got a couple stars. They got depth, and mm-hmm. they're well coached. But in the playoffs, you need superstars. Okay, timeout. That's Let me what puncture it comes holes in that to. real quick. And the Boston they don't Celtics, have it, so for you to who even, don't have anybody, they don't have any stars right now. They knocked off your superstar Giannis in the first round. The Oklahoma City Thunder have two superstars, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. They got knocked off by Quinn Snyder and his great system. Uh, Donovan uh, Mitchell's uh, they, very don't good. Don't they have a star? Uh, Donovan is a, a rookie. He ain't star, no superstar. But he's a buddy he's star. A bu- but they he, they he knocked off a superstar. Them. Your MVP last year, Russell Westbrook. You're talking so about first, I think first seeing, round isn't deep in the playoffs. You, you getting excited about Boston because they won a round? I mean, chill with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right? We've seen mediocre teams get to the second no, round. you just said superstars Yeah, and win. that's what I'm saying. Where's win Giannis? Deep. Russell Westbrook, I'm talking about two years conference in a row. finals. I'm talking about well, NBA, okay. NBA well, we're finals. We're in the second round, so, so don't we get, can't. I, don't, don't, don't bring Boston to me because they won a first round over a, 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 a Milwaukee team that's spinning its wheels. Dude, you just said Giannis was one of the top five players in the league. You've been saying that, say that all season. You've been saying that on this podcast all season. No, back me up. First of all, I've, I haven't done the top five on the top five players in the league. So I have not. I like Giannis, but I haven't gone. I haven't said okay. that. All right. I haven't ranked my top maybe, five. Maybe you had him as one of the best young players Look, in the league. You Raptors, love Giannis. Your, he, I do like Giannis. Your Raptors are in My trouble. Raptors. Do not associate me with that team. Uh, who'd you I pick? made a mistake. I made a mistake. Are we not? I'm human. I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm human. Chris. I made Cut a mistake. I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. I like no, that. No, no, no. All right. Let's All move right. on to the next. Are you ready to move on or you want I mean, a final word on these frauds? Look, Cavs are the superior. They have the best player by far. If he gets any help whatsoever, then they're going to demolish Sweet. the Raptors in um, short order. It, can I use the word clown show to describe the Raptors? That's what it was in the fourth I'm quarter. Just You're leading by 10 at home. Where's your heart, man? Where's your loyalty? Stick by your team. Stick by your team. You want to see hard. Here you we go. pick the rap. That was dumb. Yeah, it was. It's dumb. over. Go, I, it's I, over. I won't belabor it anymore. All no. right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, one of your favorite players in the league, Chris Russell Westbrook. Bye bye. Knocked out of the playoffs again. First round. I love how he took 43 shots in game six. I can't stop laughing at Russell Westbrook. I actually wrote for the big lead this week that I believe the Thunder should explore the idea of trading Russell Westbrook. And here's why. We just saw the Clippers give Blake Griffin a ton of money. We're going to build around Blake. Three months into that, well, this ain't working. Blake's getting old. They trade him. Russell Westbrook turns 30 in November. 
The man cannot shoot. In the postseason, the last two years, under 40% from the field, under 37% from three. He's a scoring machine. We get that. But you need systems to work. They just got embarrassed by Utah and Quinn Snyder. I believe when you look at the luxury tax numbers, the top two teams are Golden State and Cleveland. They're probably going to be in the finals, right? They have been for three or four years. Number three on the luxury tax, Oklahoma City. They can't get out of the first round. They're, I think they've got to look hard inside. The, the fourth, fourth and fifth teams on luxury tax are Washington and Portland. And all we talk about is let's blow those guys up. Why aren't we talking about blowing up OKC? Paul George it's is about gone. to get blown up. Paul George is gone. <laughs> he out. They're, they can't afford Jeremy Grant. You're stuck with Melo. Maybe, maybe. Russ is going to be making $35 million next year, then $38 million, then $41 million. The dude can't shoot. His athleticism is going to deteriorate now that he's hitting 30. I would trade Russell Westbrook. Your thoughts, Mr. Broussard? Who are you trading him for? Oh, so you want to break down trades? Well, you you made well, a, you made a luscious proposal okay, so, in that article. But your in the thoughts, big, if who who would Oklahoma City be getting back for Russell Westbrook? I would look back to a cut salaries. Obviously, you don't who, want these long term names. Deals. Names. Okay, here we go. My trade proposal was to the L.A. Clippers. You send Russ home. Names. You get Tobias Harris and Danilo Gallinari. I know they're not stars. Okay? That's gonna no. Sa- wait a minute. Wait that's a minute. gonna satisfy no. people in the heartland. Well, I mean, they're already Tobias out in the first Harris, round. Who wait, I wait. like is a but good player, but the, not a star like Russ. If you can get their two lottery picks, they've got this year, twelve and thirteen. Maybe you can get so Colin. Se- become the Colin Sexton Kings. in the draft. Let's become the Phoenix Suns. You might as well be. Let's You're getting the bounced. Orlando Magic. You're getting bounced in the first round anyway. What's the cost? There's a value in that. Well, there's not a value when you're the third in luxury tax and your owner's got to write millions let me, of let checks. Me, let me share something with you, son. Okay, fire away. So first of all, do you like the idea the, of trading Russ? No. Okay. No. All right, defend it. Should the Phoenix Suns have... Was the, was the Charles Barkley era in Phoenix worthless? Charles Barkley took Phoenix to the finals, did he not? Yeah. Okay. Is Russ getting out of the first round? Did Russ not help them get to the finals well, before? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Did he? Well, like six years ago with okay. Kevin Durant but, but and James yes, Harden? Yes or no? Yes, yeah, six okay. years okay. ago. Okay. Uh, you, that's what you're arguing. Was the is? Allen Iverson era in Philadelphia worthless? Allen Iverson got them to the finals. It was great. I don't even want to have to ask. You, the, the you're same comparing question. apples to great. No, no, I'm not. Because Allen Iverson got to one finals. Russell Westbrook got to one finals. If you look at Allen Iverson's career, other than that year in the finals, they were second round out, first round out, sometimes not even Iverson the was number one so when he got them to the finals. Me, Barkley was number one. one. Time, Russ was number one two time. on that team. One, Kevin Durant was the number one on that team. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> was that era wasted? Was the was that a waste? Oh, you're comparing 1990s Answer basketball to me. now. Was that a waste? Oh my God, no! Was Steve Nash's time in Phoenix a waste? Uh, they didn't get to the finals. It was a great run. So, so was it a waste? I, you're comparing winners Answer to a loser. Answer: Why is Steve Nash a winner? Steve Nash won two MVP awards and got them to, I believe, the conference semifinals and the conference finals, right? They got to, with with Omari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, they never got to the NBA Finals. Okay, Russell can't get out of the first round. He's been further than Steve Nash. He had Victor Oladipo. It didn't work. He had Paul George. It didn't work. What else are you going to do now? Listen to me. Victor Oladipo is an all-NBA player. Do not disrespect Your argument is way off. First of all, you tell me Iverson and Barkley got teams to the finals. Yeah. So did Westbrook. Oh, then when I Hold on. Then when I bring up Steve Nash, you say Steve Nash was a winner 
but Russell Westbrook's a loser. But Russell Westbrook has been further in the playoffs than Steve Nash. No, and don't give me, is, don't give me Westbrook had Durant because Steve Nash no. had a prime Amari Stoudemire, prime Sean Marion, Joe Johnson, and still never got to the finals. So your logic I is think off. You're dealing hold with on, stuff hold on, that's hold on. so old. You're calling. What my point is this: a franchise is not unsuccessful. An era is not worthless just because you don't win a championship. Utah has never, never won a championship. (laughs) Is that a worthless franchise? Should they just sell the finals? Hold on. on. Should they just get rid of the franchise? They went to the finals first round. They went to the finals 20 years ago. With Carl Malone and John Stockton. Indiana has never. Won a championship. Yeah, what happened with Paul George? He said, I'm out of here. They traded him. They're my starting point, over. My point, son, is this. Are you son to me? Okay. Everybody's not. Now, OKC can't come out and say this, but it's a business. No. Everybody is not going to win a championship. There are successful franchises that have never, I just brought up two, Utah, Indiana, that have Phoenix, that have never won a championship. It's a business. It's about putting butts in the seats, okay. too. Oklahoma may never win a championship. So it's not about no, no, losing no. They money. They may never be. Gonna, you talk about business. They're losing money because of the luxury tax. You can, de- you can, losing you money. can decrease your payroll. Okay. But you, what you have right now is a super-duper star. You have a first ballot Hall of Famer. You have a future icon. You have a guy that Can't the, shoot. the state loves. They see him as loyal. They see him as sticking around when everybody else wanted to leave. And they, as long as he is there, they will have sell-out crowds. Such a and most likely, attitude. And most likely, they will make the playoffs. Most likely. Now, my point, there are, look. So Memphis, how are you going to build? How on, are you fixing this dumpster in Memphis, fire? In Memphis, how far did they get with Zach? And Mark Gasol and Mike Conley. I think they got they out of the first love, round. They, they love they those round. guys yeah. because they know we're going to be in the playoffs every year. We're going to be competitive, and we're going to have hope. That's it. You, Is there hope you, in OKC? You, yes or no? You want, Is there hope in OKC? Yes, yes. As long as you have a superstar, there can be hope. You, But this is what you want. This is what you want. You want Oklahoma City to get rid of its superstar Start that the over. fans love Start and over. become the Orlando Magic. No. Become the Phoenix Suns. Why can't become the Sacramento why Kings. Why can't they become the Utah Jazz? Utah lost Gordon Hayward in free agency, drafted Utah wisely. Go their to the coach bottom. is incredible. Yeah, exactly. They were good, then they lost their superstar. What? The Utah Jazz, how are they in better shape than Oklahoma well, City? Well, they got out of the first is, round last they, year. Are they going to win a championship? The second round this year. Are they going to win a championship? I don't know. Donovan Mitchell could lead them to a championship. Are they going to win they a championship? They will win a championship before OKC. That's 100,000% accurate. They just yeah, okay. beat them in the playoffs. My point is without home court they're advantage. essentially the same place. Utah is a good franchise. Hold up, hold Utah, up. Hold on. The Carl Malone Stockton era, was that a waste? That was awesome. They went to the finals. You're Did talking they win about a, a ring? team that's Did out they the win first a ring? Round. No, they My point to you is don't tell me just because a guy's not going to lead you to a championship that you should jettison. So, Chris, it sounds like, Chris, you're what, you're like, if you win a ring, great. If you don't, you're in the same as lost in the first round, drafting in the lottery, or losing the finals. Is that what it is? No. What I'm saying is I would rather be 
a team like Oklahoma City that has a superstar that fans love, that's going to sell out the arena, that's going to make us relevant, and we get to the playoffs every year than the Orlando Magic, the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings. What about the Utah Hold on, Jazz? you're looking at Utah is mediocre too. They about to get swept or beaten five, okay? That's real exciting. Well, at least they're in the second round. So what? My point is, you, you <laughs> acting like Philadelphia is the norm. Philadelphia is the aberration. I, I'm Most of these teams go to the bottom, get a bunch of lottery picks, and stay at the bottom. Right. Most of them stay at the bottom. How long has Charlotte been out of the playoffs? How long has Detroit been out of the playoffs? I mean, I'm just saying I would rather be relevant and have a superstar, and I'm going to ride this Russell Westbrook okay. era. All right. And uh, I'm let not me just wrap this up dude's on this. Been, so that's what so I'm saying. So they're going to lose Paul George. We can agree on that? Yeah, go ahead, okay. Paul. Are they making the playoffs stay. next year, the same roster, no Paul George? They can. They Did they do it last year without can we Paul make a George? Wager? Can we make a wager? Did, hold on. Did they do it last year without Paul George? Yeah, they did. Okay, so why can't they do okay. it next year? I will bet you right here and now on the show. I don't even know who the Lakers are getting. They will make the playoffs and have a better record than OKC next year. I'm going blind. That's foolish. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're scared. I'm scared, scared of the Lakers. I'm scared. All right, Chris Broussard, let's wrap up. Uh, final question here. Gosh, this has been good. It's good to have him back. Uh, Charles Barkley, can I call him your guy or not really? You can call him my guy. Yeah, you like got a Chuck. cell phone number? I like Chuck. You guys tight? So Charles Barkley, mm, you know, he made some comments last night after Draymond Green mixed it up with uh, Rajon Rondo. Did I say that right? Rajon? Okay. Rajon, Rajon. He, he said, I don't have the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of somebody should hit him, and then he went on to say, I would punch him in the face. I want to punch I him. I want to punch him in the face. And people seem to be freaking out because that's what they do on social media, Chris. I personally don't think Barkley crossed a line. I think he's a, you know, this is what he does. This is his brand. He's shock jock, entertainment, former tough guy in the NBA who famously got in many fights in the league. And this is what he's paid to do. Be he's an paid, entertainer. He's paid to say he, he wants to punch people. He's paid to say provocative things that get people tuning into the show that wins Emmy Awards. That's what he does. That was, Him and that Shaq. Was, that was too far, man. Why? You, you do not go on television and say you want to punch another man. If you're a broadcaster, a man you cover, you're saying you want to punch him. Unless you're going to go punch him. Was Draymond, not Draymond was absolutely right. Yeah, Draymond Unless was, I like Barkley is going to see Draymond, and if the Golden State, which they will, gets to the conference finals, he will see Draymond plenty. Because TNT will be doing those games live from the arena. I want to see Barkley. And I like Barkley. He's not. But I want to see him go up to Draymond and punch He's him. He's not. He's on even, talk. even go up to Draymond and... Act bad. Jump bad. Stop. You ain't got to punch him. Well, then why are you saying it? That's what his job is. Say no. provocative things. Why didn't Shaq say it? You why work with Kenny a lot of people at another it? network who say, say same provocative stuff going who? after Kevin Durant? Uh, I don't want to say his name who, who on this. Who said they want to punch him? Uh, he didn't say punch, but he said stuff about Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm not going to mention the guy's name. These, that's what these oh, guys oh, do. Oh, they who, go on who, TV who and on radio. violent? They're not going to get violent, Who but you go on TV and say violent. inflammatory stuff. Oh, stop. That's have what you, they do. Has anybody at this work network ever said they want to punch a I guy don't think they so. cover? Do we have a Charles have you Barkley ever said at this that? network? I've never said. That's not my DNA. I don't. 
You know, I've never been in a real, real fight where I'm throwing fists. I'm, that's that's surprising. <laughs> I know, because I, 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 I can be combative, but I don't, I, I'm smart. Nobody ever wins a fight, okay? Charles Barkley knows that. Do you know you win fights? No, you don't, because you, you win the you fight, do. you might As get arrested. You kid, you win fights, all right? You win fights? You've been in a lot of scraps. Fights. Huh? You got some wins? Yeah, I, okay. I throw these things. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, you win some, you lose some, but... Barkley, look, I like Chuck, and you're right. He's off the chain. He says what he, you know, different thing, and I love it. And it's great, but this time he went too far, and he needs to apologize. You think? Oh, yes. He, you don't do again unless you gonna see Draymond and do something about it. But other than that, you need to apologize. Hmm. You don't go say you gonna hit another man. It's a grown man. With a family, you don't go and say you gonna hit him I don't unless think, you really oh, he go does back have it a family. up. You're right. Yeah, he does. I mean, just don't don't go there. Like you can criticize his game. You can even say, you know, I'm I don't, I'm not a fan. I don't really like his antics or whatever. But to say you want to hit him, what NBA player do you currently want to punch? None. <laughs> do See, you? you no, I guess you want to punch no, Westbrook. I do. I would not want to punch Westbrook. No, I, I mean, he's a good obviously player. you never got in a fight. Well, I mean, I, why would I want to punch a human being? This is what I don't say this shock value garbage that Charles Barkley says. Barkley, and I think you said Barkley doesn't want to hit anybody either. He doesn't want to so hit it. So why'd he say he's it? He's a 50 year old man. Why'd so, he, so why'd he? That's my because point. Because he's Be a paid to say adult. crazy, no, wacky stuff. No, you're not paid to guess say what, Chris, you're going to hit guess somebody. Guess what? Everybody's talking about it. Charles Barkley's name is in the headlines, and oh, they come love on. that. His name man. is always in the headlines. We would be talking about TNT. They win Emmys. They're a great show. Whether he says he's gonna hit somebody or not, that was too far. Okay. You don't have to say you're gonna hit somebody, and you know I'm right. <laughs> well, Especially to, being the pacifist I, that I you've been. I wanted to your give you life. a victory since I whooped your butt on the Raptors and Russell Westbrook. Can't wait for the comments on this one, Chris. He lives for y'all comments. I want <laughs> no, you to know. It's, hey, it's I sad, sent our producer a whole list comments. of them. We're going to air them at some point, right? I mean, we got a lot of good know, comments. Look, it's my yeah, show. Relax, dude. Relax. All right. All right. Hey, we glad you joined us for Knockdown, Jay. Oh, next Country, week. Look, we do get along. We, hey, we, we're going to talk Steph Curry like next week. Some crazy stuff comes out of yeah, his yeah. mouth. but he's I my text man. him during games. It's fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of In The Zone. We had a tremendous interview with Captain Steven Jack. Jackson. Yeah, uh, he was awesome. The top five, of course, through the, through the roof again. And then Knockdown, Jay. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to SoundCloud. Leave us five stars. And leave us a great comment. And, and believe it, your boy will be I reading will them. Read. Probably. All right, so we'll see you guys next week on In the Zone.